Hello, we are the Salon Sleuths. My name is Melissa. And my name is Leslie. And we are two women from the Pacific Northwest. We are both curious about paranormals, spirit guides, ghosts, past lives. We are suspicious about true crime, disappearances, and strange phenomenons. We are open to learning about the supernatural and all things we don't understand. Together, we're opinionated with a splash of smartass. Join us to learn and stay curious, stay suspicious, and stay open. Follow Salon Sluice on all major podcast platforms. Well, hello, Leslie and Salon Sleuth fans. How are you today? I'm doing okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, tell me I about- I told okay. you about what happened. Well, I'm not going to tell people if you don't want to talk about it. That's Let's your own business. Just say I had an issue with my son and I had to go drive three and a half hours to pick him up Is and it- then turn right back around and come back home. But I had to leave at 4.30 this morning, so I was quite tired. Isn't parenting grand? Well, you know, we don't do that kind of stuff in our family is what I was trying to, you know, we help people. We don't create issues for others. And so I was not pleased one bit. Yeah. No. Anyway. Uh, And he was at camp, right? Uh Uh-huh. Had to come home early. Yeah. He'd been so looking forward to this. It was like a big deal. Like we hadn't done anything because of COVID. And then we finally said, okay, let's do this. And it wasn't cheap. Right. And then we bought a bunch of other things and then. He's (sighs) home. Well, Well, the here, Melissa, the thing is, everybody's home now. He just wasn't (laughs) allowed to be on the bus. Oh, he didn't even have to leave early then, really. No, he left early. The bus was leaving a couple hours later, but they didn't even want him on the bus. That wasn't even like a day early or anything. Mm, Uh, That was the same day. Yeah. uh, I didn't realize that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, whatever. Well, there you go. And so uh, your husband was playing the tough card, right? Like, I'm not getting up or I'm not leaving at 4 a.m. to go pick him up kind of thing, right? Yeah, and that's not really an option. Like, he needed to be picked up. So I'm like, okay. Like, gathering my shoes all quietly like a little mouse. And, like, (laughs) maybe he just thinks I'm going to work. I don't know. I'm going. Oh. I mean, I would do that for anybody that, you know, so. Well, you know what? They don't say it's easy to be a parent and sometimes it downright stinks. So, well, I always learned the hard ways too. So maybe this would be, you know, my issue is if it continues, then I will have, yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody gave me the advice once and I've taken it to heart that you actually want your kids to screw up now when the repercussions and you know, the effects are not as great. So you want them to struggle in school and figure out how they need to study and how they need to be on time and all that stuff. Because when it matters and they get a job, the price of poker goes up, right? Right. That's true. So, so your records are permanent. So you don't want to. Yes. Right. And we talked about that in the car. Yeah. I said, you know, you have two roads, like you're either going to go continue this path and then have like a record and like things are going to be hard or right right now you can study, do well in school, not be the class clown, you know, right. Right. And do well, go to college, get a good job and buy all the things that you want to buy and send your kids to camp and pick them up in the middle of the night. 
Yep. You know, yep. things like that. Yeah. Because okay. they're learning and struggling and trying to fit in. And he's in that really vulnerable state of wanting to be a cool kid. And am I a cool kid? And, you know, all of those good things. So, um, it's just part of the journey, but at least he's doing it now. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he'll get it out of his system real soon so that you don't have to be awoken. At and nobody was hurt. Out. I mean, yeah. honestly, when they called, I really thought he had been injured. Yeah. And then I'm like, I almost kind of wished he was injured versus <laughs> being in trouble, but then I'm glad he's not. So it was just right. a lesson. And we're like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how to deal with these things. I've never done this, you know? Like, yeah. The only so, thing you know, and what he knows is he's been around the club long enough to know those kids that come to summer camp and all that, and, you know, mess around and aren't very nice kids or, you know, whatever. And, you know, from that standpoint, maybe next year he's going to start volunteering at the kids camps. <laughs> we'll see. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He's so going to he start see. working with me and the volunteering yeah. stuff. So. Well, I'm so sorry. You're probably exhausted today. I had a little nap. I'm good now. Oh, good. Good. Well, I have some news, um, not nearly like yours, but on Monday we recorded with Suzanne Jockas. I also recorded with Jared Lysick from Adventures with Purpose because I was so excited about having Jared on again. For those of our loyal listeners, we had him on at the very beginning of the pandemic. And for those of you that kind of don't know his company, he started Adventures with Purpose and he started it like three years ago with his daughter and his wife. And he was just going around diving because he liked to dive. He's going around diving, cleaning up waters and streams and lakes and all that and finding cell phones, guns, old pieces of metal, you know, and then he started finding cars. And so then he kind of had to get some help and started pulling cars out. Well, they had one car that had someone in it. Um, and I, I don't know that that was the very first car they found. That was not the, I should say that was not the very first car that they found, but, um, he started basically then on this mission and I kind of knew, I don't know about you, Leslie, but I kind of knew last year when we talked to him or when I talked to him that, this was going to be a calling, like going out and finding missing persons in bodies of water was going to be a calling because as you and I know, law enforcement is so overtaxed. They have so many things on their plate, you know, looking in the waters is not what they have time to do. Right. Right. So anyways, he and I chatted, they, if you are at all interested, I recommend that you go to his YouTube channel. It's adventures with purpose. They have, it's really good. I mean, it is like, even my husband found it for totally different reasons. My son had been watching it. And then I was like, Oh, you know, that guy, we know that guy. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I told him that. So they have 1.23 million subscribers to that channel. And I, I told him the story of your husband yeah. and how I'd been telling my son and my husband to watch this. Oh my God, these guys are so cool. And then your husband comes home and he's like, oh my God, I found these really cool guys and they go out in the water and he's like, and you're like, yeah, we know him. He's been on our <laughs> podcast. Like, well, did you tell him we have a boat if he ever needs to? No, I did not resource? tell him that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you can message him because so I mean, we- you could be on the boat. Yeah. So he, um, it's really interesting though, on their website, first of all, they don't take a single dime from any of these families. I just want to be clear and have him be clear. 
And what happened was I interviewed him on Monday, was super excited, kind of going back to this. And I started the recording and it said, you know, you have too much saved. You need to delete some stuff to have room. So, and we maybe had what, 12 minutes on the recording, uh, very little. And then I said, Hey, Jared, we got to take a tea. I got to remove some stuff, go back on. Well, apparently when I deleted it, it just archived it. It didn't actually remove it. Yeah. And I tried to go figure out how to delete it, delete it. Delete it, delete I don't it. Even, yeah. So anyway, so we've got back on, it didn't tell us again that, Hey, you're gonna, you've run out of recording. I didn't even notice. So we recorded for almost an hour, a whole interview about all these cases and we got very little of it recorded. So I was super bummed, but I did want to do a shout out for him and kind of tell you what we talked about, but they do not take a dime from any of these families. Um, and in order for them to, you know, put in all the time and effort they do do, it's just from donations. So if you're at all interested, go on, I think they get half of a half of a cent or half of a half of a cent um, for each listen, they get 0.005 cents for every person that listens on YouTube. And then they also are selling some swag now, Leslie, which we might have to get some. Yeah, Yeah. really, really cute. Um, And they are also um, saving up for some bigger items. But I had talked to him. The reason this came up is because you said your boat on their website, it said that they were saving up for this boat. And so I mentioned that to him and he goes, well, actually we we're kind of maybe coming back off that backing off of that because we find that our little rubber blow up raft is really, really quick and nimble. And because it's so small, the radar and all the equipment can be so close. Yeah. And so they're getting really good at being able to get a really good read on the waters below them that the bigger boats can't get. That's awesome. So he's kind of excited about that. And I said, so why can you find these things in, you know, law enforcement can't, he said, well, we know our equipment really, really well. I mean, we're doing this now full time for a couple of years. Well, and that's what he does. Right. So like this is the police, like we talked about in the past are still stretched with everything that they have to do. So I'm imagining that there's not one person just dedicated to this. So, yes. And I cannot, now I cannot remember which case it was, but at one point, Um, he's talking to law enforcement, the sheriff, and, you know, he says, Hey, I want to respect, you know, you guys, do you guys want to pull this out of the water or not? And the sheriff said, Hey, can you come over here and we'll have a private conversation off air. And I was like, Jared, what did he say? Yeah. And he just said that he told me that the sheriff had basically said, look, I don't know that I have the manpower and the skills to pull this out without it falling apart and wrecking it or, you know, it dumping out when we bring it up. So you guys have the equipment, you know how to do this. You do this full time. Can you guys just pull it out? So they did. And to date, Leslie, they have pulled out, I think it's 10 people, three, six, nine, 10. Yes. 10 people, 10 missing people's they missing people's 10. They have found 10 missing people. That is crazy. Yeah. And on their website, I'm just going to read off some of the names. Um, Michael Mead, Nathan Ashby, Timothy Robinson, Nicholas Allen, Ethan Kazmerzak, Bill Simmons, Carrie Mae Parker, which she's who we talked about last time, 
and I'm going to talk about her a little bit more. Antonio Amaro Lopez. He was the gentleman who, um, his car, excuse me, went over the. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Glenn Jackson Bridge in Washington in February. Remember we were talking about that? We had an ice storm and how low that bridge is and his car went off of that. Well, they got in the water and had him out in three days. Yeah. Pretty impressive. And then Tammy Goff, which is the one I just recently got sucked into, um, all the episodes on that. And I'll tell you a little bit about that one and Richard Ritz. Um, the other one that he cannot take credit for, but I think is a little interesting is Natalie Jones. And it just so happened that Natalie was a young girl that was missing. She'd been missing about six months, I think. And she drove a hot pink car. This was in Georgia. And they had, they were in Georgia searching for her. And they'd been there about two days when someone close to them got um, heard over the police scanner that a local neighbor had found a hot pink car. So... Uh. Of course, they kind of went over and close as close they could get as law enforcement would let them get. And it turned out that the homeowner of a piece of property had been ill and had not been able to kind of mow down his property, had finally hired somebody totally like ironically the time that they're there and they ended up the guy who was mowing it down ended up finding the car inside all of the brush. So they were actually there at the same time, but had nothing to do with that. So, yeah. Um, the one that I, I started to tell you, or I did tell you actually a little bit about Carrie Mae Parker. The last time we talked, do you remember this one that she was the mother? I think she's mother of three, but she had a young boy and she was, um, throwing a party for him. And then she never showed up 
Do you remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. And so I asked him about that. I said, Hey, so I got full body, body chills when I heard about the happy birthday balloons that were just, had just blown onto the guardrail near where you guys had found her. And he said, Oh yeah. He goes, we knew instantly that that was where we were going to find her. And so we talked a little bit. I said, Hey, so that all came about by, you know, the sister meeting somebody on Facebook to sell something in a parking lot. And this person was like, Hey, your sister's in a bunch of water, like communicating with her. And he said, yeah, that was really, really weird. And I said, so how well have you done with, you know, psychics and that kind of thing? He goes, honestly, we have not done well. Nobody has been able to help us locate someone. That's probably the closest that they've come, but he's actually offered that if a psychic wants to, um, work with him on a case, uh, what his offer is, is provide upfront $5,000 for all of the trip for, um, the, you know, the equipment to get out there. Cause they take a, their truck, they take yeah, their everything. RV so they can sleep in it. They take their boats, they take all of their sonar and everything with them. It costs quite a bit of money, um, to get out there. And so he said, Hey, if you know, they're willing to put up money, I will go search. And if it is where they say it is, I will reimburse the 5,000 and they will be my person for life. So he's kind of yeah. a call out there, but I, I did say, Oh my God, I got full body chill chills. Yeah. Do you feel, and he's like, Oh yeah, it was, it was kind of a big, a big moment when we found those balloons, we knew that we were onto something. So, um, that was the one I told you about last time. And then the other one that I just got totally sucked into is the story of Tammy Goff. Now, Tammy Goff was in a uh, great falls area of Montana and she, do you have allergies? I hear you sniffing. You poor thing. I think I have a cold. Oh no. How can you get a yeah. cold when you're constantly wearing your mask? Everybody in our house has this little, like, like my one eye oh. is getting all watery. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can put me on mute so that, or put yourself on mute. So okay. You. I can do that. Um, Tammy Goff, she'd been missing for three years and, um, she had married her high school sweetheart right out of, out of, um, high school and they lived and grew up in Washington and now they were living in Montana and, um, she was in her sixties and so was her husband. And about three years ago, she got up at about seven o'clock in the morning. She hopped into her car with her best friend, Sadie, the dog. And her husband says he looked out the window and saw her driving off and didn't really think a thing of it. Just thought she was going out to do her some errands or whatever. And then later that day, she never came home and he thought that was kind of weird. So he starts going to look for her, um, and calling people, trying to find her and people started talking about having seen her dog that she had rescued several years earlier. Sadie, who was not a water dog, by the way, and had seen Sadie next to the riverbank and Sadie was completely wet and Sadie was pacing back and forth on the water, on the bank of the water. And, um, then Sadie was then also seen the next morning. And the meanwhile, her husband is still looking for him or still looking for her, has no idea where she's at. 
The next morning, Sadie is seen again wet at the same area. But a little bit later that day, Sadie has now crossed the river to some dogs that he or she, I guess it's Sadie, probably a girl, um, knew on the other side of the riverbank. And the owner of those dogs found Sadie and Sadie was completely wet. So they think that Sadie uh, had been in the water looking for her and or trying to get her, trying to save her. But nonetheless, Sadie was extremely frantic. So law enforcement had tried and looked. um, Adventures with Purpose had talked to the husband uh, about a year ago. And he finally reached out to them again I guess for some reason it wasn't going to really work out or there was something I don't know exactly what it was but they weren't going to go out there and the husband called and said hey you know I've gotten this equipment that you guys have how do I work it how do I run it and Jared said well you know maybe we need to come out so they ended up coming out and after a couple days of searching all the places that the husband really really felt like she was wanted to search. And by the way, he'd been spending every day since she'd been missing, looking for her. Like he was out all the time looking for her and law enforcement had been unable to find anything um, in regards to her or her truck. And finally the, uh, I think it was the third day, Jared and the team said, you know, I think we need to go back to where the dog was. I think we're getting distracted by all these other possibilities. I think we need to go back to where the dog was. And Jared had kind of ruled this location out. He said, because uh, of the way you access the water at this point, because it was on private land and it just wasn't, it wasn't a normal way you would, you know, run off into the lake or whatever, or the river. Um, But they put in there and they didn't have to search very long and they found her truck. And so uh, after three years, this family had closure and sadly, Sadie had died about a year earlier, but even in death, you know, Sadie was able to help uh, find Tammy. And I also go, oh my gosh, dogs are so amazing. So um, this is another thing that we can get your, your fine puppy to do in its, in its, uh, adult years. How is your puppy, by the way? He's good. He's big. And I need to like really train him better, but I would love to get him to be tracking. Yeah. Do you think he'd jump in the water after you? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. I think he'd jump in the water for anybody. (laughs) He loves water. (laughs) Does he? Well, this was apparently Sadie was not even a water dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, this was not a dog who would typically get in the water. I never really found out like in my mind, it was a German shepherd, but I don't think it was a German shepherd. (laughs) Isn't that funny how you like make up in your mind what things are. Right. Um, so we talked about that case a little bit and he just really stressed the fact that, um, this was not ever anything that he had expected for his life and for his career, but he does feel very humbled and very, um, uh, honored to be doing it. And without donations and without everybody supporting them, they wouldn't be able to do this. They're now six full-time people that work adventures with purpose. And you can imagine all the hours of research and planning that needs to go into this, 
Um, but they every fall now are doing a 45 day road trip around the nation to different places that they've deemed possibilities to find and help families with missing persons. Um, Amazing. So, so yeah. I just went to um, our Facebook page and I put on their donation page. Oh, good. Uh, I'll cool. link to it. And then I'm also posting it on the Washington and Oregon missing persons oh, along with Salon Sleuth's private groups. So if anybody would like to make a donation because they are only donation based, um, you know, what yeah. do they do? Volunteers. Yeah. Uh, you can make a donation on our Facebook page. Yes. And, you know, Leslie, I think we're missing out on this half of a half of a cent because uh, just to tell our, <laughs> our listeners, we have, we make like $4 every what, three months, maybe? I think we've made a like total now $18. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. not like it's big money, you guys. It, that That's one hand. Covered. Yeah. I was going to say that hasn't even covered one of our microphones. <laughs> It's just fun though. It gave us something to do, especially pre-COVID and look at all the amazing people we meet. I know we do meet amazing yeah. people. Yeah. We would love to hear from more of you listeners though, on what things you want to hear about and maybe ideas on people we could reach out to and talk to. Um, because, you know, sometimes we get stuck in our own little bubbles and go down these rabbit holes and we don't know if it's even interesting, you know? Yes. Yeah. So that is my spiel on adventures with purpose. And I just have to say that Jared's just a nice guy and yeah. he's a local guy. And I feel really proud of him and what his company is doing, that they are helping so many people uh, bring closure. And can you imagine, I mean, I can't imagine being one of those families, but I can also just say that, wouldn't you want somebody on your side like that? That would, yes. Yeah. Of course. Yes. yes. Yep. I agree. Yes. All right. I want to tell you a story. Oh, okay. Melissa, what if I just gave you $200,000? Would that be cool? Yeah, that'd be great. What if you had to turn in somebody that you knew for $200,000? Oh, is it my son or my daughter or my family? Well, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> what it if depends. it was... What if it was a neighbor that you really, really like? Oh, gosh, I think I would. I think I would. Okay. What if he was a husband of somebody or somebody's boyfriend? Absolutely. Of somebody that you knew? Absolutely. Okay. So there's a guy out there. His name is Jason Derrick Brown. He, um, it was born on July 1st, 1969. So he just had a birthday and this guy is sort of like, um, he's the, the life of the party. He right. has to have the best things. He's, um, a center of attention all the time. And, um, he's a surfer dude. He surfs. He's got a boat. He's got jet skis. He's got motorcycles, uh, Escalade. He's got, um, BMW M3 and you know he's got to have the nicest things and all the time right yeah so um let me see sorry I need to figure out the date this all happened would be November 29th 2004 so this was right after Thanksgiving weekend and he had been scoping out the AMC theater in 
Phoenix, Arizona. I believe it was Phoenix. Could be one of the outskirts cities, but I believe it was in, I don't know. Anyway, it was in Arizona. And, um, oh, it doesn't say which one he was at. So he approaches, he doesn't just approach, he follows up this guy, um, Robert Keith Palmolaris. He was an armored guard. He had just gone in to collect the deposits from the AMC theater. Now he thought, um, that Jason Derrick Brown thought because it is a theater in a, like a busy outdoor mall that he's going to pull in a ton of money. So he approaches this, runs up, doesn't even say a word and shoots him, shoots him six times, five of which hit him above the neck. And it happened so quickly that he didn't even have time to get his gun all the way out. His gun was unclipped and found underneath him, but he didn't even have his hand on it. And he took the bag. And as he was running off, he trips, drops the gun, drops the get bag, picks him back up, gets on a mountain bike and takes off. Now, there was nobody there because it's 10 o'clock in the morning. There were a few landscapers. There was a painter who saw the whole thing. The painter reaches out and says to him, hey. And then he turns around and stops, looks at him. And then the painter's like, oh, crap. Like, I'm not he sure what me. I just. Right. And so th and then he just he gets back on the bike and or just starts going again. And so, of course, everyone's like freaking out. So they end up um, having a helicopter and the helicopter finds the bike, which is not too far away. It's in a brush right next to a parking lot. So he basically dumps the, the bike, gets in a car, takes off. They have no idea who this guy is. They said he is either white or Hispanic. He's got a hoodie on and that's it. That's all they know. Well, luckily that bike had fingerprints on it. And this is like his big mistake. He could have gotten away with this had he not had those fingerprints on the bike. So, um, but it takes him a couple of days because this is in 2004, right? Yeah. So by this time he gets in his car and he, um, they're, so they're able to track like the cell phone and stuff, but it's, it's delayed because our, it, the technology isn't there yet. So they see that he had gone to, um, he had gone to like a 24 hour fitness. He had gone in, he had put some stuff in a locker. He had left for about 30 minutes, comes back in, gets the bag back out. They don't know if he had showered, dumped stuff. We don't, they don't really know. He had go, he goes to the airport that he never gets out of the car. So he's, he's making phone calls during this whole time too. He makes about 40 phone calls. He's calling his brother. He's calling different people. I think he made like, um, I can't remember. They said a lot of phone calls in this short amount of time. And um, then he's just gone. They don't know where he's at, right? So. Um, but he didn't get on a plane. He did not get on a plane. So what he ended up doing is he, um, so not only did, so he was in the BMW. So pre leading up to this, he had gone to a hotel. He had been staying at this hotel and um, now going back to talking to the people at the hotel, they remember a guy shoving a mountain bike into a two-door, um, like a, what do they call it? Like a sports car, which was his BMW. So he's shoving, they have, they know it's him because he's putting his bike into the back of this convertible um, BMW. Um, the day of the, the whole incident and um, he actually calls the hotel and he tells them listen i'm not able to come back i need to extend my stay a couple of days and he pays for the room and he stays i'm um, sorry he doesn't stay but he goes so at some point during the night he goes back to the room cleans everything out because he probably wasn't prepared took everything out now this guy also had p.o boxes um so once they get the fingerprints 
they're able to track what kind of cars he has. Um, he has different um, storage like facilities, he rental storage places. Um, he's got PO boxes. Now they're trying to figure out who his family is and where they are, where everybody is located. And they're like putting like everything out so that people can, um, like so that different agencies can watch these things. In the meantime, so Phoenix Department and the FBI, FBI are sort of working together. Now the Phoenix Department um, wants to put it out. Like, this is the guy we're looking for. The FBI is like, hey, wait a few minutes, wait two days, give me 48 hours, because if I can do that, we can have him um, in custody. But if you put it out, he's going to know that we know, because at this point, he doesn't even know that we know who he is, right? Because he thinks he's planned this whole thing out. So what he had done is he had gone to one of his storage places where he had kept his Escalade, and I believe that was in Salt, Salt Lake City, he goes and exchanges the car. In the meantime, he also makes a deposit. Okay, let me think how this works. Yeah, so he makes a deposit of $2,000. Now, I don't know why he would have deposited some money, but he did because he doesn't think he's being caught, right? So he deposits some money. He exchanges cars. He calls his sister and is like, hey, I'm going to come see you. And she's at this time living in Santa Margarita, California. Is that yes. how you say it? So he goes to her house. And um, her son is now going over. So he picks up her son from school that day. Um, then he's going to his father's. Meanwhile, her and her brother, they're partying up all week. She's like, he was hiding in plain sight. We were seeing old friends. We were hanging out. We were going to bars. She was reflecting back. There were three things that had happened that um, she was um, now looking back, thought they were weird, but at the time, um, she was just like, oh, that's um, kind Quirky. of odd. Right. Yeah. So she, one thing was <clears throat> he was listening to rap music that had to do with like guns and shooting and all of that. So she thought, God, he never listened to music like that before. That's kind of weird. Another thing was he always wanted her to have her front door locked. And she's like, okay, whatever, like, okay. And then, then the last thing was they were out one night partying and she was driving fast. That's one thing that they do. They loved like nice, fast cars. And they both always drove like a bat out of hell. Well, apparently he was yelling at her to slow down. Like, and she's like, who are like, what, what's going on? Like, this is not us. Like, and so she thought that was weird, but only hindsight, not at right. the time. Well, probably she was like, that's kind of why is my brother yelling at me? Cause we always drive fast, but if she gets well, you wouldn't up. think he killed someone, right? So she's like, and so oh, we should speed because you killed someone and we'll get in trouble. Yeah, right. She's just partying with her brother, and she goes, yeah. he was never looking over his shoulder, never doing anything, you know, weird like that. And the other thing I want to go back to the reason why they have his fingerprints was um, years earlier, him and his brother had gone to like um, a golf shop. The brother was distracting the employee while the while he took out some really expensive golf clubs. Ah. and stole them so I was when they ask you how did they have his so that's how they had that and so what they ended up doing was that um, employee calls the sheriff that sheriff was like oh okay so while he's sending somebody out to that location he's also calling the other local golf shop and he they're like they're here right now and they're like okay so then they get pulled over and so this is where it gets kind of crazy is um they give them real id somebody else's name, but it's their pictures. And so because they're able to track it down and figure out that, that that's not really them. Right. And, um, and not only that, he had um, two weeks before this whole thing happened, he had um, bought a gun at a local gun shop. And I believe it was in Salt Lake City. I could be wrong with that, but in Salt Lake, he's Mormon. Um, so he was raised Mormon. 
his whole family was. Um, but his dad was also a sociopath narcissist. Mm. Um, like um, he was a total criminal. And so they, he, they were always taught certain things. And the, the sister will say this over and over again. We were taught to be aware of our surroundings and to watch her for certain things. She, and this goes into play later, I think. But um, so he goes to this thing. He gets this gun. He takes a lesson. And the guy was like, this guy is just, first of all, like out of control. And he's like super hyper. And he says, um, um, just out of control. Like he just, um, it was terrible. What kind but of he, lesson did he take? He took a gun lesson. Oh, a gun so lesson. he bought, yeah. So he went in, when he bought the gun, he wants, I want the most powerful um, gut handgun I can buy. And then he also gets the most expensive, most powerful and most um, damaging bullets you can sell. So he gets this stuff, right? He goes out to the desert to practice. And when he does this, he accidentally shoots a door of a truck of a camp that somebody who's camping. And the guy was irate. He comes over and he's like, dude, you just shot my truck. My son is freaking out. He's this little kid. And so he's like, so I'm so sorry, you know, I'll take care of it. So he's not even very good at what he's doing. Right. So, um, so let's jump back. This whole crime has happened. He made this a deposit. He exchanges the car. He actually sends that guy $1,200 to replace or to fix his truck and a gift card for his son from Toys R Us. So he, he also wants to appear really good to people. Like, um, there was an interview with his neighbors and they're like, we would have never known. He was the nicest guy. He was super friendly. Like he sounds like somebody that everybody enjoys to be around the life of the party. And, um, how they were just, um, at the time. So this was in 2004. Uh, and I'd have to do the math 2004, but he was born in 1969. Okay. So he so was, I'm not sure. He was a youngish guy. Yeah, he was a youngish guy. He's now like 52 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he exchanges the car. He hangs out with his sister. And then um, he's like, uh, she was, I think, at work or she was somewhere. And he calls her and he's like, hey, I just got a call from my um, alarm company that something's wrong with my sprinklers. I got to get going back home. Can you come in and lock your door for me? So she meets him at the house. And by this time, her son's back from his father's and um, she's like, he wasn't in a hurry. He went and got his bag, just took his time. He went back out to the car, came back in, got something to drink. And then he's like, hey, sis, I'll see you later. Gives her a hug and he takes off. Um, And then her friend calls her and she's like, you need to turn on the news. And she's like, what? And so what had happened was the, the Phoenix department releases his name the FBI was like, wait, 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 wait. They didn't. So now they know who he is. Now he's on the run. I mean, they were just minutes behind him. Right. So, so he is now Had he on the seen run. this? What's that? Had he seen the um, news report? So I think, I think something had come up and that's why he had to leave her house. Okay. Okay. So she is um, at home and she's like, okay, because I think of her family history and stuff, she's like, I drank some wine. I had to, I had to chill out my son. I closed the bedroom door so he couldn't see what's going on. Her son was 15 at the time and every, her phone is ringing off the hook. Everybody in the world is calling her and being like, this is your brother. And she's like, we were just together for a full week and no indication that there was something wrong. So she's like, I'm going to take my dog around the block. I think she said she had a Jack Russell. She walks around the block and she turns the corner and she sees a, um, 
an undercover car. And she's like, huh, that's weird. She turns another corner, there's another one. And she's like, oh my God, they're surrounding my house. So she turns back, she's running towards her house before she can even hit the door. She's attacked and they're, and she's thinking, oh my God, they're going to think my son is Jason. They're going to kill my son. And so they pull the son out of the room. They're both separated. They're interrogated. They clearly don't know that this had happened. She had spent time with him. And then they ask her, what was he driving? And she's like, he was in his BMW, but we already know he had exchanged the car earlier and, but she was throwing them off. Which direction did he go? Of course she lies through her teeth because she's like, I need to talk to Jason. I need to know if he actually did this before I turn my brother in. And um, so, and then the interview with the FBI, he's like, we expect that to happen. He's yes. your family member. Like we're, we, we take that with a grain of salt of what you're actually telling us. Right. So the next thing you see is he um, gets gas with his credit card down South. Like he is headed to Mexico and um, uses his credit card, which he, okay. The other thing is with the armored car, he only got $55,000. Oh Yeah. So he looks, it appears that he's headed to Mexico. He uses his credit card. And um, so everyone's headed that way. Meanwhile, they are going to his different PO boxes and they're watching him. A package shows up at one of them, I believe in Salt Lake City. And it's to his brother, but because it's written to his brother or written to himself, sorry, the sister has to go and help um, because she has to release it because it's, um, like next of kin or something with the mail or whatever. Um, it's a federal offense. So, so they have to get her to help open up this package. And he had sent himself like um, like his PlayStation and some clothes and, um, and, and his brother's gun that he had stolen while he was there exchanging the cars. His brother didn't even know that that gun was missing. It was a different gun. It wasn't even the one that he had bought. So he's returning some things. Meanwhile, there's a package showing up in a different P, uh, like a PO box with other random things. So the, the FBI was kind of confused. They're like, these are things that he might need. Yeah. But um, the next thing they see is um, like he's coming back for his PlayStation. Or I will, or just, just giving it out to it. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Let me also step back. Um, all these things that he had in his name, he didn't own any of it. It was all bank owned and okay. he's defaulting on everything. So he's okay. like in a, he's wedged himself in and he's going to look bad within the community because he's going to lose everything. And um, he had made this, I think he obviously thought he was going to be making a lot more than $55,000. And um, he also, I would like to mention, he's in the top 10 of the FBI most wanted. Oh, um gosh. So next thing you know, um, the Escalade is found at the Portland airport. Portland, Oregon? And yes. So, so he didn't go south. He actually went no, north. He went north and that's where they left off. They don't know because um, uh, the sister said, if you part, what the dad had taught them as kids, if you need to get rid of and disappear, if you drop your car at the long-term parking lot, you have 30 days before they find it. Oh, wow. So he had taken it there knowing it was going to take them 30 days to find that car. And he has not been seen since. And um, what was his name? His name is Der- uh, Jason Derrick Brown. Okay. Now he looks like a little surfer guy. He's only 5'10". He, um, let me see what color eyes he has, as you even say. Um, it doesn't even say what color eyes it, it. So I think you can look at his picture and be like, okay, well, oh God, here's another crazy thing was he looks a lot like Sean Penn to oh. the point where some of Sean Penn's body, like body doubles, doubles 
have been arrested and questioned. And they're like, no, 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 it's not him. He could easily change like the way he looks. Um, So I think you really have to go more like by personality. So if you have a friend in the last 16 years or whatever years it's been, who's been dating somebody or know somebody or a neighbor who is like, I think he could probably use some of them his history, like his family use even the same names because it's harder to remember things that you made up. But if they're real, you will remember that. But if these people have never met his family, yeah, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. like, if you know somebody who's outgoing and he's the life of the party has to have the best of everything, he's 5'10". Like, I, I mean, I would at least, the, the crazy thing is he had that idea already with a different picture he knows how to wow. change his identity. To, yeah. oh, wow. So, so but, do they know where he flew to? They have no idea. So I did or see on he like, flew, maybe he didn't fly. We, there's no, after that, nobody's known except somebody said, um, oh, and here's the other thing. He is very fluent in French because oh, he went on Canada. a mission to Paris and for, I think, two or three years in um, Paris became fluent in Spanish. He also has a, a business degree in international business. Yeah. And, but in 2006, I believe it was, or 2008, somebody was at a stoplight in, in Salt Lake City. And um, it was a guy he went to, on the mission with. He looks over and it was him. He's like, I swear to God, it was him. Cause he sped off. Like he took off in his fancy car and went off. So um, even his sister's like, he's hiding in plain sight. He has to be. And so he's not going to have the same name. He's not going to go by that name. He has many different aliases, but it's not going to be any of the ones that are listed on their websites, right? It's going to be something different. It's going to be more like personality. And so somebody that you think is Mr. Right, or maybe you've already married him. Yeah. Does, do you know his history? Do you, have you met his family? Like, could it be him? Like, $200,000 $200,000 could be yours. Like, wow, that's why I'm like $200,000 $200, for this guy. Award? Oh, wow. Okay. You know what's and, weird and ironic yeah. about this is I just watched Good on Paper. Have you seen that on Netflix? Uh-uh. Okay. It's so the, the story you're telling is kind of like Dirty John. Yeah. Um, that story. And yeah. there's been other people that have tried to do this. The wasn't it a Rockefeller? He said he was a Rockefeller or whatever. And there's been ones that have done Kennedy and, you know, he's a Kennedy or whatever, but good on paper, uh, is the story of Lisa Schlesinger. Oh, I saw that. Did you see that? Did you see that movie? You thought she was like a royalty or uh, heiress or something? No, 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 no. no. Sorry. No. Well, that could be that true story, but it's, it's actually a Netflix movie. And it's actually really kind of funny. It's like a rom-com, but it's also kind of sad because, you know, we talk about what us as women do, we ignore the red flags. And he did this exact same thing. He didn't kill somebody for cash or whatever, but it's those things that she started to just like him as a friend, had no interest in him. And then he showed interest in her. And then she's like, well, maybe I should be paying attention to this the whole time. Her best friend is going, he's not who he says he is. Like, this isn't adding up. You know, these, these things are not working. A plus B is not equaling C here. And she just keeps ignoring, keeps making excuses. And eventually she does get into a romantic, romantic relationship with him and then is completely surprised when, sure enough, he was lying and cheating the whole entire time. 
Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, not a great movie. It's an okay movie. Like I'd call it a B, but um, kind of ironic that I just flipping watched that movie and you're telling like a very yeah. story, except that- I just think he probably changed the way he's looked. His sister did mention that he had talked about plastic surgery. So I think the most obvious thing oh, would wow. be his nose. Um, and you could probably change your eye color, you know, with the contacts and stuff. Yeah. And, so you can't even go by looks, but he is 5'10". You can't really change that. So he's not right. super tall. Right. But he is going to be somebody, like, even if you lay low for a while, your personality comes back yeah. out. Yeah. So this is a guy who likes the nicer things. He yeah. probably has, can say the right things about the right, you know. Yeah. Um, I would also mention, you know, none of them really liked their father. Like, he was, he was the one that would be the troublemaker young, and the father would beat on him, and yeah. the sister would try to get him off, and then she would end up getting hurt. And um, the father did go missing 10 years before this crime had actually happened. <gasps> and the sister believes that, this, that he had something to do with it yeah. because- she went to the house and um, him and his brother were just like getting rid of stuff. Like it was shortly after he had disappeared and um, they thought like maybe he had just taken off, but she's like, I really think he had something yeah. more to do with it. Yeah. And by the way, I do want to mention his brother is the one um, that helped him uh, change out the cars from the BMW to the Escalade. And um, the brother, when the FBI went to him, he lied about it. Okay. And um and so they ended up finding the car in his neighborhood and he did say, yes, I did help him. I cleaned out the car. So he got rid of whatever evidence that would have been okay. straight from the bike to the car. Okay. So the brother um, got three years of probation for that. Um, so he did confess and he actually told his sister, tell him everything, even though he was hiding for, you know, the car for his wow. brother. So she's like, I was kind of confused by that. Trouble. Apparently not. And I mean, her interview, she's very well-spoken and um, it sounds like, you know, they had a, probably a really rough, you know, start Upbringing, with the, the right. family and everything. Where was and, the mother? Um, they, they never talk about the mom, okay. like at least in the interview, they, they, she only talks about like her very ill father okay. and um, manipulative and just a con man basically. And um, same with this Jason guy, he, um, you know, was like getting cars with other people's social security numbers, because back then things were a little different than they are now, yeah. like technology. And so he was just like scamming on the little scale. So that's the one thing that was really confusing to the FBI, because how does somebody just go straight to murder? Right. Like if they didn't, they, they thought they were find somebody who's actually had a history and stuff. Right. And it was all this like petty little stuff. And how do you go from that to that? You know, and I guess out of desperation or, um, I mean, who knows what makes somebody do that, but he had been bragging to his friends and be like, how, what would you do? Like asking people their opinions on it. So even though like, um, he thought he had gotten away it. with it. Yeah. He had been thinking about it and he had got the gun two two weeks before, but that, you know, because he wants to be the nice guy, he sends that money yeah. to that kid and the gift yeah. card, like, but he also thinks he got away with it. Yeah. But had that no time. problem just shooting somebody like not even giving yeah. them a fighting chance, not just saying, give me the bag or I'll shoot you. Right. Exactly. Like he, on, the guy didn't the even guy. have a chance and not yeah. like he just shot him in the, uh, uh, you know, above the head. And, um, I saw the interview with that, the brother of that, that guy. And, um, he was like, he, he loved his job. He took it very seriously. Oh. Like, and he like destroyed a whole family for $55,000. 
Well, here's the deal. I have worked in a, uh, I've never worked in a theater, but I have worked in a movie, th- movie uh, store. Remember when we used to have VHS yeah. and beta? Yeah. Oh, I did too. Yeah. Well, we only had VHS at the store because it was post beta, but um, you know, we didn't, ha- I mean, we had a good deal of money, but we didn't have that much money where, yeah. you know, it would be worth doing Well, I think like one of the biggest days is uh, for Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving, I mean, for yeah, a movie, going to the movies that's and true. stuff. So I think he thought there'd be a ton of cash, but, but most I'm, people, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not surprised there was 50,000, 55,000. I mean, that's probably a good haul on a good weekend. And that's cash. Uh, like, I yeah, mean, exactly. what about credit cards and stuff? Right. So like, I he just, he ruined a lot of things for $55,000. Yeah. And now there's $200,000 for him. Like, oh I would say like, okay, so like now when you're out and about yeah. and you're like, hmm, where are you from? Like, I just, I feel like he's probably saying a little bit of the truth when he answers those questions. Yeah. But my, I, my question then would be, have you seen them? Do yeah. you know them personally? Have you yeah. talked to them? Like, you know what I mean? I would just question if you're with somebody a little bit more about that. Cause that, I don't know. Well, we've definitely seen this in other cases where people just take people's word for it and they don't question yeah. it. And I, I don't think it's in our nature for most people to be suspicious of people if they tell you something. So I don't even, I don't even want to tell people like be suspicious of everyone you see, but if there's red flags, don't ignore them. That is what I would say. Well, just like in the very beginning, it's the episode, he's still out there. Yeah. When I was talking to Katrina, like sometimes when you're in the relationship, you don't see it. Correct. But even her just telling me the story, I was like, hmm, yeah. really? You didn't think that was weird? That didn't feel weird to you when you just told me that statement? And yeah. then to find out that he had just gotten out of prison for strangling his wife. Right. Right. Like, all because like, it didn't make sense to me, but it, she felt good about it. I was like, yeah. no, yeah. I'm really sorry to break this to you, but you're dating a murderer, yeah, you know, exactly. like, a potential so, murderer at some point. I well, mean, his he, first wife did commit suicide. <gasps> oh. And then a second wife gets strangled. Strangled. Yeah, dude. No. Ooh. So, well, what happened to this, this kid's mom? That's my question. Did dad kill the mom? What do you mean? Oh yeah. This Jason guy. If mom, then no, we about yeah, mom. they didn't, they never talked about her. So I don't know if something had happened or she left. Oh, and maybe, maybe I did hear that she left early. I don't remember exactly the story, okay. but she really just talks about um, how did sick her really father was. Leave? Yeah. I mean, who knows, but they do believe uh, she believes that Jason had something to do with the father's disappearance. And she also believes that her brother's hiding in plain sight. Wow. Like he's just among us. But I mean, he could be anywhere. He speaks French. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was thinking he went to Canada because, you know, in Canada, yeah, parts of Canada speaking French, but, but he threw everybody off. Like he purposely went down there, used his yeah. credit card to, and then he comes all the way back up to Portland and I don't know. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. It just kind of follow our instincts. Yeah. Follow our guts. That's my story for you today. Oh gosh. I want to find him. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> yeah it's terrible it is terrible why do people do bad things gosh darn it well you know what leslie that just means that people need to stay curious stay suspicious and stay open
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.